team and welcome to Bureaucracy. I'm your host, Emily Gross, and today we're going to be talking about the new SCOTUS appointee, which is thrilling. I'm so excited to talk about her, and today I have the incredible Edberto Roman with me. So excited to have him. I'm going to let him introduce himself because he does so many cool things that I cannot even list all of them down. So why don't you say hi, Edberto? Hi, folks. Uh, I'm uh, currently a professor at Florida International University, and uh, and this semester I'm also a visiting professor at St. Thomas University School of Law. So I keep myself Ooh. busy teaching and, and writing and annoying people when I can. Yes, which is exactly what I do as well, or as like my mom likes to say that I do. So what do you teach? Oh, I teach about 20 different courses. I teach everything from contracts and torts, business organizations, antitrust, right. product liability, and about a dozen others. So uh, basically everything. Stuff. All right. So all the law, all the time. And so you don't drink, which is totally fair. We support that 100%. However, I have a beer today. I sent my mom on the beer run and I was like, hey, here's a list of about 15 black woman owned beers or just like person of color owned breweries and beers that I would like for you to find. And she comes back with, I couldn't find any of those, but I found a Florida beer which is called Captain Ron Wheat Ale. And this man is the antithesis of what I was looking for, but hopefully his beer tastes fine. And that's why folks is can't trust moms with everything. You trust them with 99%, but not on beer runs. <laughs> but uh, let's get into it. Okay, this is so exciting. President Biden has a nominated a new person to replace Justice Byer. Her name is Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson. She has a fascinating history, and I would just love for you to... Kind of tell us a little bit about her, about her history, about her background. Sure. She grew up in Miami, uh, went to public high school, Palmetto High School down here in Miami. Uh, parent, uh, her parents were school teachers uh, and uh, she's, you know, homegrown public school product, uh, you know, uh, the kind of bootstrap, you know, kind of all American, uh, American dream story. Another huge thing about her is the fact that she was a public defender, which is killer. So cool. Fantastic. Great human. Um, yes. Like, first, yes. the first nominee, the first nominee that's a public defender um, and, you know, someone that's imminently qualified. I mean, with the, the added, not only the, the advantage of, of looking at the defense side, uh, an expert in criminal law, a part, a part of a, a judicial judiciary committee on, on defend, uh, dealing with defense related issues. And, you know, someone that has been in a courtroom is a novelty in, on the federal bench. And, and, is that and really? certainly on the court. Uh, yeah, ironically, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of them have some experience um, and are partners, but it's not unusual for some for someone to be a partner at a big firm, even the litigation department, and not have a lot of trial experience. It's, it, it sounds odd, but it's often the case. That checks out. That honestly makes a lot of sense with the way bureaucracy works in America, um, unfortunately. So she grew up Miami public school. I read that her dad started going to law school and she was in preschool, and that was really formative for right. her. She's Harvard yeah, grad, it, it, incredible. Harvard, double Harvard. Yeah. Double Harvard, then uh, uh, worked, uh, uh, unlike m most federal judges, as, as I noted, um, have, has a lot of uh, tr trial experience, uh, was a, a federal public defender in, in, in the District of Columbia, has a great deal of experience with respect to that, um, dealt with a lot of significant cases um, in, in her experience. And, you know, she's going to be among the, the most qualified jurists, not only in terms of her credentials, as we pointed out, in terms of Harvard, Harvard. Harvard, but also was was a clerk at the district court level, a clerk at the appellate court level, and a clerk for the justice that she's 
hopefully eventually going to replace, then became a judge at the district court level, then became a judge at the appellate court level, and hopefully will end up at the Supreme Court. And she recently became a judge at the appellate court level, right? That's right. That's right. A little less than a year, if I recall correctly. Okay. So she's on an exponential rise. I I admire that. I dream for that. My parents wish that for me. So hopefully okay. we, hopefully that will continue. So let's kind of dive into it. So what are some of her opinions? Because I know she, since she was only really on the appellate court briefly and considered in uh, terms, there are not a lot of written opinions of hers that people are able to really judge on, which I think could actually probably benefit her in this yeah, it could. process. It could. Um, certainly at the at the Court of Appeals level, there, there's okay. one decision that she wrote, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but about the one that's probably the, the best known was the, the, the House of uh, Judiciary Committee, House of Representative case against Don McCann, where President Trump uh, came up with a novel argument, uh, not unlike many of his statements, yeah. out of, kind of out of the blue, um, and and argues some sort of privilege associated with McGann, McGann testifying and or providing documents uh, before the, the 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 House committee, and she wrote over a hundred page opinion wow. that basically struck down all the kind of novel arguments and basically was an unassailable uh, defense of her position. I think one of the important things to know is that we often politicize uh, these non nominations, but we have someone here that's eminently qualified, has more experience than than the majority of the judges, justices that are on the court right now, um, and also is someone that focuses on process and procedure. Um, in terms of this issue, uh, it, the, the case w- was one that, frankly, if I was a jurist, I probably would have came to the same conclusion with a lot less pages, but she's so right. thorough and so she's so thoughtful. Um, it is one that, you know, she's was dead on the mark with respect to that. Um, and a host of other decisions she focused on process. It was an immigration decision that she uh, uh, ruled on when she was on the district court that uh, essentially tried to prevent Homeland Security from changing their rules with respect to fast track deportations. Now, right. ultimately she was overruled by the, the court of appeals that she now sits on with respect to it. But frankly, as someone who teaches both immigration and administrative procedure, administrative law. She was making the decision under what is known as the Administrative Procedure Act. She was right on the issue. The agency was overstepping, and I happen to disagree with the appellate court there. So she's someone that's not just a- You mean the Department of Homeland Security overstepping? Wow. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Crazy concept. That's right. Mm Mm-hmm. She believes in process and procedures, and she follows the law. So these are opinions that she's really well known for. Uh, More recently, she had an opinion, uh, uh, the the one opinion that she wrote with while on the 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 appellate court, um, and and that 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 opinion is. dealing with the issue of, of basically uh, also procedure with respect to uh, the federal regulations and an employment setting, uh, to what extent uh, the federal agency can change their rules concerning collective bargaining agreements. And once again, she focused on the administrative law, administrative procedures, and rule that basically uh, their, 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 their efforts were 
inconsistent with what what uh, they were trying to do. Again, someone following process and procedure, someone sticking to the law, not unlike, frankly, the person that she's going to replace in Justice Breyer. Obviously, the court is not supposed to be politicized, right? And judges are supposed to look. They all have different ways of interpreting the Constitution, which is kind of where a lot of these differences come to lie. However, the court has become so politicized, which is unfortunately leading to a lot of people to not really trust this judgment anymore. Obviously, she's being nominated by a liberal president, someone who identifies with the Democratic Party. She is replacing a thought of liberal judge, right? So is it safe to say that she is a liberal judge? <laughs> Or how um, would you say she interprets the Constitution? They, they tried to avoid, right? They tried right. to avoid answering questions like this, as she did. And Mitch McConnell, among others, were criticizing her uh, with respect to her refusal to take stances, which is perfectly appropriate. Uh, right. One in the, in the process of uh, of the nomination, the the vice consent role that the Senate has not to respond to this, which it, process has just begun. So I don't believe she will answer any decisions that would appear before her, because ba basically that would conflict her out of those decisions and it would be inappropriate to be prejudging these cases. So, um, but the realities are the chances are she would be left leaning um, consistent with what frankly President uh, Trump did. And, you know, the reasons right. why she's on the, the appellate court that she's on right now, because Merrick Garland uh, was supposed to be on the United States Supreme Court. And if it wasn't for the right. shenanigans that Mitch McConnell played with respect to the nomination uh, of Garland, uh, that wouldn't have, you know, he would have been on the court much earlier and maybe she would have been the one stepping up. It's a little bit of hindsight right now, right. Uh, but the chances are she would have been the one or at least on a short list with respect to this. But now when Garland became the attorney general, she took his place a little less than a year ago. Mitch but McConnell. I think it's fair to say she's going to she's going to be on uh, leaning left. But I think a consensus builder, not unlike Breyer. I mean, this court is probably six, three yeah. in terms of conservatives versus liberals. But surprisingly, on a host of decision, including the Affordable Care Act, among others, um, the court has sided with the more liberal bent and including Justice Chief Justice Roberts. I think she's someone that would be able to bring some of the conservatives up by focusing on process and procedure. Interesting. It sounds a lot of, I like that, you know, I took con law in undergrad, um, loved the class, did not do the best, but I tried my darndest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how, especially we focused a lot of Antonin Scalia and just the way, even though he was considered very conservative, the way he was just such an originalist and really just focused on the way of which the constitution was originally written. And I hoping that, although I didn't agree with a lot of his opinions and stuff like that, getting back to just the due process of how the justices interpret the constitution as either a living document or something that's should be set in stone so it seems like she's has all the good qualifications and for anyone that tries to say no is just a little turd as i don't know if you've listened to these po this podcast before but my favorite term for them is evil asshats and so okay <laughs> i think that's probably fair i think they'll try yeah. but i don't I'm hopeful that they won't succeed for a lot of reasons. One, yeah. her qualifications are unmatched. Um, and I think, uh, surprisingly, people are sick of the, 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 the gamesmanship, um, coupled with the fact that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, hopefully not, but, you know, uh, on a given day, hearing of one potential world disaster associated with Ukraine and the war yeah. there, uh, I think that's keeping the bandwidth pretty filled right now and i don't i don't think it's a, it's prudent um for the senate and and the conservative leaders on the senate to to make an issue where there really shouldn't be none any uh, 
she's just incredibly qualified, uh, great experience. Uh, there's really nothing to attack her other than the fact that she was a public defender. And frankly, the courts should welcome that given, given the limited experience, trial experience on, on, of, of the members of the, of the existing court. So add diversity, um, not only in terms of trial experience, in terms of public defender's office, as well as the, the, the obvious identity markers in terms of uh, being the first black woman on the court. Gotcha. And so, yeah, let's talk about our public defender. Um, I was looking at one big case that a lot of the news media is expecting that Congress is going to give her a lot of crap about, and that is her representing someone who was accused of terrorist activities and was held at Guantanamo Bay. How is that going to come to play? How do you think that's going to be used? It's a soundbite type tactic. Yeah. Uh, but the realities are when you're a public defender or, or engage in, in criminal defense, which I've done in, in more in the white collar crime area, um, you know, at least in the white collar crime, we would select, the firm would select who they hired, who they hire, and we would represent among the, the, the most notorious people um, right. in, in, in the recent past. Uh, but the realities are, as a litigator and a defense um uh, a defense counsel in particular, um, it's part of the process. It's what, what makes the, the American process perceived to be the best in the world in terms of each side gets the best lawyers that they can get. And from that battle, so to speak, the adversarial process, we try to come up with the truth. So I think uh, to suggest that she somewhat aligns with a certain viewpoint just because she represented someone, it's pretty naive. It's yeah, Trump-like, a... frankly. Guarantee you, Fox and Tucker Carlson are going to be like, rrr, rrr, rrr. but uh, yeah. it's. I'm, I'm sure they've already tried. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure he was like, ready. show her the make a shows her LSAT scores. And I was like, dude, I was like, you probably can't even pee in the toilet correctly. Like, why are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited to have her appointed. Um, and I hope that she brings a lot of the vid- validity back to the court that the court is so desperately in need of ever since Witchy Mitchie has gotten a hold yeah, of. Yeah, she's. she's, she's I can't think of a better candidate unless something comes up. I mean, she she happens to also have a beautiful family, mm-hmm. husband's a surgeon, two beautiful daughters. Um, you know, I was doing some background research uh, with respect to her, and it's kind of she's lived the American dream. And you just look at the picture of her; she just looks like a nice person. Frankly, she does look is, so lovely. Like I would just love to have coffee with her. I could see myself like crying about like childhood trauma or something. You know, like I just <laughs> I think we would have just like a great time at an overly yeah. priced cafe. Yeah, and know? trust me, I've even written positively about some Supreme Court justices that I've met, um, and e- even even that some that are iconic figures. Um, and you meet them, and they don't have the time of day for you, frankly, yeah. no matter who you are with respect to it. And she totally. just strikes me that she won't be that type of person. Um, it's truly fantastic because they during the the week that she was nominated they had interviews of students local uh local students from that high school and and the pride uh, was just beaming and i don't know if you got a chance to hear it if if it was leaked or it was done on purpose as a pr stunt but when she thanked president biden was the the sweetest most sincere uh uh, thank you message that i had ever heard anyone uh give and you know given her credentials you wouldn't expect that level of sincerity but she seems like a wonderful human being um, and I'm I'm looking forward to to, to reading her opinion. She's gonna she's gonna reshape the court, I believe. Even though there is still that six three uh, politically bent court on the right, I think she's gonna bring over uh, uh, middle of the of the ground like Gorsuch and Roberts at on certain issues. On certain issues, um, right. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I I foresee it's gonna be a battle, and they'll try to make hay. But it her 
her record's almost unassailable. The only defense they'll have is she's weak on crime. And that's any, as I tell my students, anyone that works for public defender's office, you're going to get that attack. Um, be prepared with respect it's to it. So but the realities are that part of our process. Yes. That's so stupid. That's just such an asinine argument. So let's dive into the, what's the process of nominating a Supreme Court justice and then the appointment well, process? Yeah. So basically the, the, it's the, the role of the president and that's why elections count so much, right? Mm -hmm. we, we had Donald Trump with some shenanigans, as you know, have an important role in, in, in appointing justices uh, to the Supreme Court, one in which frankly, uh, uh, Kavanaugh, I, I don't believe he should have ever had that that opportunity. No, but you know the shenanigans were where they were. Um, not only not only uh, in terms of the process, but also the the justice himself in terms of uh, his you know, yeah yeah he's a full on turd. You you don't have to say it, but I will say it, he's a turd. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but President Biden is, has taken his role as commander in chief and the, the leader of the executive to basically appoint the, 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 the person. And then they go through the process, the, the advice and consent process through the, the, the Senate and a given prior uh, prior uh, rulings by the Senate and changing the procedures. Right now, they need uh, a simple majority. And right now, the, the Democrats would have that. Basically, it's a 50-50 split, but uh, given that, uh, that Vice Harris. President yeah. Harris will be deciding vote, um, it, it's almost assured that she will be she will be confirmed. I, I think the, the hope is, I mean, we do have some kind of some red uh, Democrats, and we, we've seen that before with respect to some of some of President Biden's agenda. <laughs> Mansion and cinema. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think they'll 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 toe the line here. Um, there's really no grounds not to not to elevate her to the Supreme Court. I can't conceive of one in any of her opinions there there. She's got better credentials, more experience, uh, you know, an incredible backstory uh, adds to diversity, not only in terms of identity markers, but in terms of trial experience in terms of defense experience uh, she she brings such wealth to the court um you, you know we should be all proud that she'll be on it so do you think the whole because i know there's some heavy-hitting republicans that are on the judiciary committee one of them being josh Hawley, and i went to school in st louis and he is a plague um that's my personal opinion uh <laughs> So how do you think this process is going to go? I mean, we talked about how she's probably going to get a lot of slack for being a public defender and the tough on crime thing, which is stupid. But I mean, no matter what, hopefully, unless the two red Democrats do not align with the party in this situation, she should hopefully have a long time. And I saw when she was appointed to the um, D.C. court of the appeals court, mm -hmm. it was like a 53-44. So we're hoping that will be the same case. But right. what do you think we should look out for as this goes on? Because it's happening March twenty first, I think. Yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee a, a lot of anything new. Um, okay. You know, they they're gonna beat the drum of of weak on crime and and to the extent there's anything in the news that they can draw a nexus to any 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 major criminal event or you know uh, may it not be the case uh, you know any any attack on on the country or anything uh, anything that they can hang their hat on to try to taint her they'll they'll try everything from 
from you know the fact that she has a family member that was uh, that was uh, uh, convicted of a crime, a distant family member, um, and you know again nothing to do with her. Um, you know how many of us have you know are in positions where we have that uncle that either engaged in that activity or or got caught for it. Uh, and also in, for context, sorry to interrupt you. This uncle was arrested for possession of cocaine from the war on drugs. So do with that information as you will. But yes. Right. Um, but by the same token, she has other uncles that were in law enforcement, um, a, a long history of, of, of family members that are supportive of law enforcement, uh, uh, parents that are school teachers, and then one got uh, became an attorney. I mean, just an incredible story. I don't see She's like how picture perfect. They, I truly cannot think of really any. Is. Yeah, no, I cannot she think really of is. anyone else that it's like checks all the boxes, you know? Yeah. She's great. They'll be prepped too. I, I mean, uh, I think she was in all likelihood vetted extensively before they yeah. decided oh, yeah. uh, on her and then she'll be prepped well before um and will likely be more forthcoming just my guess i have never met her or appeared before her but my sense of the individual will be more forthright in in the answer in her answers but won't uh, divulge anything where she shouldn't frankly no jurors uh should do that and and you know they'll they, they'll tr I, I think this is a dangerous one because to the extent uh, the the Republicans try to overstep with someone so qualified there could be some backlash with respect to it. But again, I think the focus of the country right now is so much in the in, in the wartime uh, efforts with respect to Ukraine and, and fears and, and anxiety with respect to that. Uh, why make an issue where there shouldn't be one? So I suspect it's going to go fairly smoothly. The vote, I suspect, will be, I'm hopeful that it was at least 52, maybe 53 um, in terms of, uh, of a few. Because remember, as you pointed out, she was already confirmed by the Senate twice in terms of being a district court judge as well as a court of appeals judge. And some of these same senators are going to be hard pressed, like Collins, uh, to give a justification. Why was she good for a lower court? And not now. Um, did you not right. pay attention before? Um, you know, and we know how selectively principled politicians can be, particularly Republicans. But oh, the yeah. realities are they're going to be hard pressed. They're going to be hard pressed to find a chink in her armor um, because there, there's frankly no Achilles heels that I, that I can that I can tell or see. Yet. I hope they won't. However, I guarantee you they'll probably make a chink and then go for it themselves. But hopefully <laughs> they'll, try. they'll try. They'll yeah, try. they'll try their darnest, but hopefully we'll be they'll have some common sense going on because truly How's the beer, by the way you know it tastes like toxic masculinity okay i'm not sure what that is but i it know tastes, what the term is it tastes not what average. it tastes like oh okay all right <laughs> sorry all right i yep. was considering really weak uh, ultimately <laughs> it does taste it's a little weak and it tastes very average um like all most right. like most white men that i know so okay. sorry no, this has been great. I think this is a lot of really important inf uh, information. And especially since she's 51, which means if she is elected, she can be on the court for like 30 years, which is huge, especially since Trump uh, got away with so much. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's a shame. And and it's it should be more of an issue, frankly. Um, yeah. And we're going to see. I mean, any day now. Uh, with respect to the, the viability of Roe versus Wade. Um, I, oh, I, yeah. I remember conservative family members telling me not to fear they'll they'll stick and I said to myself you you know little about the process if you think that and it's not a politicized process yeah and um, time will, will still tell yeah unfortunately anyways
donate to your local Planned Parenthood folks. But, uh, you know, I have no other questions. I think she seems like an incredibly qualified candidate. She would be the first black woman to ever be on the Supreme Court, um, which is huge and very much long overdue. Uh, she has an incredible background. She is so overqualified. Would you have any other comments on any other statements that you would love for people to know? She she is a perfect nominee. Um, there There's no reason to doubt her qualifications, her ability, her intellect, just outstanding, brilliant, and and seems like a wonderful human being. So I, I look forward to the, to the court looking more like the rest of us, frankly. Yeah. And that's what we all aspire to in this country, especially, uh, you know, uh, individuals like my my daughters to see to see that that diversity and that beauty and, and brilliance come to the fore absolutely no it is so important identity politics are so important but also just based on the fact that she has once again all these credentials of going to public school and growing up with parents that were in an education system and you know going to harvard, harvard and being a public harvard, defender you know just like editor of the law review I mean, exactly just, you know you know She's done so much and she's experienced so much that having her on the court would be incredible. I have no other questions. This has been great. This is a little bit of a shorter podcast just because, you know, I just wanted to give a background on her and hopefully we'll be able to see a couple more of her opinions and whatnot. But since she's been just only on the uh, Court of Appeals for a little bit of time, not able to see as much, but definitely feels like she's brilliant and really kind of looks on process and all that good stuff so right and more experience as as a federal judge though because she was a district right. court judge than all but four of the other justices so she would she would be among the the most experienced as a federal judge as well so That's again wild. no ground to, to to criticize her the only the only potential criticism uh is her time on on the court of appeals but that shouldn't be a basis whatsoever given her other credentials compare her to justice Souter, for example and 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 she measures up quite well. Um, so uh, again, no basis to to disqualify her or frankly even criticize her. She's just outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah, all I can say is as we watch um, her go through the entire process of questioning and whatnot by the senators, um, keep an eye out for any remarks that might seem like they're stemming from racism because if it looks like racism, it smells like racism, chances are it's racism and that's bullshit. So Look at her credentials. Look at what she brings to the table. And anyone who tries to disqualify that is full of shit. <laughs> I like the way you say it. Thank you. <laughs> we get very to the point on this podcast. Um, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, very much to the point. But Edinburgh, it has been absolutely lovely to have you. Thank you for blessing us with your intellect and all your knowledge. It has been absolutely incredible. So, and hoping. Oh, I enjoyed it. Good. I'm so glad. And hoping in the next couple of weeks. We will see her officially appointed and that would be so exciting yes. everyone thank you so much this has been a great episode of bureaucracy i'm your host emily griffs and we'll be back next week